Welcome to Redemption from Addiction podcast. This podcast is a Christian ministry aimed at helping people overcome their addiction by sharing personal testimonies about their journey. The testimonies shared have a common theme, and that is how Jesus Christ touched their lives and walked them through the entire process, and is still walking with them today. I hope that you will be touched by these stories and you'll take the next step and invite Jesus into your life and let him redeem you from the strongholds of addiction. from addiction podcast this will be episode number 15 uh today is january 22nd uh 2022 just a quick lead up to what what got us to uh doing a podcast today i was really kind of a shot from the hip um thursday night i was just kind of sitting sitting around and i felt the lord just press upon me to uh, do a podcast uh this morning with Joe. So I sent him a message. Hey, you want to, you want to lay a track down? Uh, so, um, cause earlier in the week we were, we were having some discussion, uh, talking about the story of Bartimaeus and what, uh, interestingly enough, um, the story of Bartimaeus, which is in Mark chapter 10, uh, was some scripture that I used for my, my first podcast, uh, with Matt Dixon, uh, in his story. And then Joe's like, no way that, that was, that was, the first sermon that I preached out of was, was about Bartimaeus. So, um, yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it. And I, I think what we're getting ready to share today is going to touch you. Um, the story of Bartimaeus is only in the gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 10. And we're going to read that scripture. Joe and I are going to kind of split it up. It'll be starting in verse 35, but really pay attention to the words that are used here as it, it really goes into some detail about the desperation of Bartimaeus. There's, there's some, some things that we're going to highlight today about identity and especially as it relates to addiction. Uh, when, when we talk about the cloak of Bartimaeus, um, and we're, we're really just going to dive into that. I don't really even have any notes. I'm just going to uh, be led in the spirit. Uh, and Joe is as well. We, we already know the Holy Spirit's presence are here. We've, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and praying into this. So, um, welcome to the show, and, and I hope that what we share will touch you as much as it has touched us. And um, the only way we can we can get this message out there is just to talk about it and have open conversations about what to speak in our hearts and, and what this scripture says and how we, it can apply to our lives. So, um, Joe, if you want to start off, go ahead and um, uh, we'll kind of take uh, take turns and split up this this scripture reading. You start in verse 35 of Mark chapter 10. And Jesus and John, son of Zebedee, came to him and said to him, (laughs) Teacher, 
we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Jesus said to him, you do not know what you are asked. You're able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized by the, with the baptism with which I am baptized. And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to him, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at the right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, okay? Um, Lord it over them, and their great one exercises authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you, must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and give his life as a ransom for many. Starting in verse 46, uh, this is the story of Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be, be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? (laughs) And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him along the way. Amen. There was a question in here that I want to hit on, okay? Um, and that is, and, and Jesus said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And so we hear in also in verse 51, Bartimaeus, or Jesus says to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And so we see in 36, him asking the disciples, what do you want me to do for you? Okay. So we have two different hearts here. We have the heart of the blind beggar, which was his label in society. And then we had his followers, who you can almost sense an ego, almost an entitlement, because he, they have been following Jesus. Mm. And so we're seeing two different hearts here. And so Jesus is giving us a lesson here. Okay, He's giving them the teaching, and then through the story of blind Bartimaeus, as they're following him, He's giving the lesson. And so that's important for us to see. And, and, and he says, for even the Son of Man came not 
to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And so in this, we're going to hit many points and, and they're going to be, they're great points, you know, and this is even could not only be for, for the addiction side of things, but it could also be for the leadership side of things, uh, stating the importance of humility uh, in our lives as leaders. Mm-hmm. So what we were just talking about as leaders, when you talk about the, the disciples there, they, they were exuding a sort of, um, sort of arrogance. And, and what I noticed is that Jesus asked the same question twice. He asked it once to his disciples, what do you want me to do for you? And he also asked that same question to, to Bartimaeus in that what from that part of scripture talking about the disciples in what context do you think that uh, Jesus was responding to, to them and trying to cultivate and develop in them leadership? Um, Jesus led by example. And, and that's the beauty of it. You know, Jesus led by example. Okay. And so let's jump over to the story of Bartimaeus. Um, and first of all, let's, I'm going to go to the, the name of Bartimaeus. Okay. He was a blind beggar. Okay. And in that time, okay, as, as a beggar would never be able to um, approach a rabbi, you know, and rabbi means teacher, okay? Um, and, and so so him calling out to Jesus, saying, Son of David, have mercy on me, you know, the disciples rebuking him, you know, pretty much telling him to be quiet. The reason they were telling him to be quiet was because, um, he was not supposed to uh, encounter a rabbi, mm-hmm. okay? But he had heard of Jesus, so his hunger uh, created a passion in him, okay? Um, and so the disciples rebuked him as Jesus was just teaching them that the greatest of those are your servants, yeah. you know? And it's not about your title and your position, but your heart towards people. And so... Um, you know, in this, we would see like nowadays, maybe a, a homeless man approaching a CEO and the CEO dismissing him, you know. And so but Jesus did the opposite in his teaching. He was saying, call him, tell him to come here. Mm-hmm. I want to talk also about the cloak. His cloak, he actively had to go to the authorities and he, the Authorities, he would he would bring uh, documentation to the authorities, and he would say, "I am a beggar, and here's my documentation." And so they would give him a cloak to match his social status, mm-hmm. which created his whole identity. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you can't make this stuff up, yeah. you know. And so when he heard of Jesus, he heard his way out. He knew, and, and, and as we talked earlier, right, so he calls him son of David, which yes. is so important because the, the next time son of David is mentioned in Mark is during the triumphal entry. And so, but anyway, so he gets this cloak. He wears this cloak. It has color on it to represent his social status. Mm-hmm. And so in this, we see it says, he striked it down on the ground. He violently striked this down on the ground, 
letting go of his whole identity, what he has experienced his whole life as a blind beggar, to go after Jesus. And that's like us, you know, in our addiction. You know, as we become delivered, it's our faith that makes us whole. It's our faith that makes us whole every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so we literally have to lay, strike down our identity in our addiction and bring our place, our identity into Jesus. Amen. And I, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing for, for me that, uh, about that story was the, was the desperation and mm-hmm. how it, how it applies to, to us. And especially from, from the perspective of, of addiction, more, more times than not, an addiction forms from just being a recreational thing to do. And recreation, you know, turns into a coping mechanism to, to deal with trauma. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's, it becomes something that you resort to every time that you're, you're internalizing your, your past trauma and you're trying to deal with the difficulties of day-to-day life. It's basically just an escape from suffering. A stronghold. It's a stronghold. It's, and the unfortunate reality is that the, the human condition, unfortunately, there is no escape from suffering because suffering, as Paul talks about, and all, all throughout his epistles, his suffering and his dealing with uh, difficulty is creating in him a character. And if we don't go through difficulty and we, we, we don't learn how to cope with, uh, with, with these things that, that come up in our life by having desperation mm-hmm. to go to the cross, to go to, to, go to Jesus with, with our issues in prayer, and, and we resort to other, other avenues like that, um, I think a lot of times, I mean, being in the, those moments of desperation, even within those addictions, that desperation is what is required, really, to come bring it bring it full circle and, and close the gap completely. Because in, in Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me. And come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. When you seek me, you will find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. Captivity, you, know, you can replace that word with addiction. Because yes. you're, you're, you're being held captive to, to your addiction. And then it says, I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Yeah, the, the desperation of Bartimaeus, I think, was uh, when Jesus responded to him and he said, your faith has healed you. Yeah, that things that bring us to our knees. I think we, we have this, uh, we all have our this human condition of when things get hard, it, it'll bring you to your knees. It, it'll, it'll put you in a posture of prayer, which, you know, uh, is, is pleasing to the Lord. And um, he, when you seek him with all your heart, he will find you. You know, the other part about that was when Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples and, and other people were telling him to be quiet as if, uh, like you said, Joe, you know, it was, he, he didn't have, he had the cloak, which I, he, he had, he was identified as a lesser person in society. They, they were basically telling him, you don't have, you're, you're not at this level to be able to call 
on, on the name of Jesus. And, and what did he do? It just made him shout all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm going to take a venture out and say he probably said it many more times than just, just two times. Mm-hmm. He had that desperation. He said, have mercy on me. And, all, and Jesus said, what, what would you have me do for you? And he, he wanted his sight restored. You want your life restored from, from your addiction. And, and his, his faith healed him. And uh, I think that's so powerful, man. Yeah, I think when I hear the word sight, I think of not only a, uh, a physical healing, but a spiritual healing. Mm-hmm. Um, he not only uh, re- re- regained sight, he, uh, he gained spiritual sight as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we see that in, in the, the story of Paul on the road to Damascus as well. Is you know, as the scales fell from his eyes, uh, he was able to, to gain spiritual sight, having eyes to see in the spirit and, and ears to hear, you know. Um, he had that encounter with the Holy Spirit that was life-changing. Yeah. This just came to mind. What gospel is it that, uh, that where Jesus heals the blind man at the pool of Bethesda? Do you know? Uh, I can't think of it off the top. So in that story, I'll I'll have to find the scripture reference in that story. This is the one where Jesus spit in his his hands and rubbed it on the man's eyes. And uh, there was, there was two, two attempts to restore the man's sight. And so when Jesus spit in his hands, put his hands on his eyes, he said, open your eyes, tell me what you see. And his first response was, I see people looking or walking around look or that looked like trees. He's then Jesus touched his eyes again. And he says, now tell me what you see. And when he opened his eyes for the second time, his sight was restored. Mm. This is an interesting, um, interesting perspective. The first time he opened his eyes and Jesus asked him what he saw, he had his spiritual eyes opened. The second time he opened his eyes, he had his physical sight restored. Mm. And when I understood that, that scripture, it led me to begin to pray for my spiritual eyes to be open, to be able to see mm-hmm. things, not, not just in the physical, mm-hmm. but also to be able to see things in, in the spiritual side. What, what, what would you say to that? Oh, I mean, you know, once, once we receive Christ and once uh, we encounter the Holy Spirit, he, uh, he takes us on a journey where we start to see life completely different. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, we understand connection in the spirit. Um, we understand internal connection and, and he takes us on a a journey to where we're able to see life differently, you know, and lead God and direct us in life differently, you know? Um, so our identity becomes in that and in that walk, instead of the walk that we've lived in the world, we walked aimless. I mean, yeah. You know, our, our whole identity was wrapped up and waking up, you know, and for me personally, you know, uh, getting in the drawer and seeing what I had left over from the day before and, you know, sticking that needle in my arm. And, you know, that, that was what my life was wrapped up in, in, in chasing dope. And now, um, I'm at a place now where I'm like, Lord, where are you at through the where are you at? Like, I know that you live in me, but where are you at in the day? What opportunities, Holy Spirit, what opportunities do we have in the day to, to, to do your work? You know, 
what other what other Bartimaeus is there out there that, that you want to touch? You know, that you could use me to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we become conduits and vessels of the Holy Spirit that that the Holy Spirit can flow out of us. And 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 you know, the word says that we will do greater works than than he, you know, and and I, I'm crazy enough to believe that, you know, um, and I, I can't do that by myself. You know, I, I believe in the body of Christ is what he's talking about, that, that we will do greater works than he. That is talking about the body of Christ together as a whole. You know, mm-hmm. we will see miracles performed in the name of Jesus, you know. Um, and I've, I've had the privilege, you know, to be able to see that happen. You know, I've seen it. I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And I got tons of stories of what Jesus has done in people's lives around me. Mm-hmm. As, uh, as, as you do too, I'm sure. Yeah. You know? it, well, talking about identity, man, there's a lot that I could, I could say on that. One thing is when you're talking about you know, in your addiction and in mine too, my identity was tied up into the, the character and, and the person that I was while taking prescription pain medication, you know, mm-hmm. I felt like the, the true me, the true you know, person and character, I could not be myself without it. Same thing with my, uh, with people that I've helped walk out their, their addictions. One of the things that I always tell them is that your identity is not caught up in, in the person that you are, when, when you're, when you're drinking or when you're doing drugs or whatever, because that's, a lot of people are convinced of that. They're just like, I can't be myself. I even heard, I went to an AA meeting one time. It was eye opening. Somebody got up to share, uh, who, who was in recovery. I don't know how much sobriety they had underneath them, but they said, um, I used to have this mindset when people would ask me, well, why do you want to be drunk all the time? And his response was, why would I want to be sober? Yeah, he he had convinced himself that being drunk and and having and having that feeling of intoxication was the mm-hmm. was the best way to live and was the only way to live. And why would you want to live a life where you know you you don't feel like this? That resonated with me. Like that hit different. Like I mm-hmm. I, I I knew exactly where he was coming from because that thought crossed my mind a lot too. Like I don't understand why. Why this stuff ain't legal. You know, I don't understand why this, this stuff you just don't see on the shelf at the grocery store and pick up and, you know, just, just have something to feel good. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when he, he responded and it was like, when people would ask me, why, why, why do I want to be intoxicated all the time? I was like, man, you crazy. Why, why would I want to be sober? But mm-hmm. it's just, it just goes back to what, what we were talking about is, we, we, number one, we think our identity is tied up into the person that we are, you know, under this, under the influence of this substance. And number two, you know, we, we're confused about why anybody would, would want to live a sober life. Now that I'm in recovery, now that, now that I've understood an, a different way of living and, and following, following Christ and reading my scripture, I don't understand why I would want to ever feel like that like i was it's such a delusion man mm-hmm. it's, a, yep. it's a life from you know it's a it's, it's demonic a from the pits of hell yeah yes sir it is yeah and i don't know i don't there's not a better way to to describe it it's just 
I don't want people to be convinced they have to have this, this or that substance, chemical, whatever it is to be who they are. They have purpose. They have identity. Being sober, being sober minded, because that's what scripture tells us to do. Be, be vigilant, be sober minded. And, um, you know, for me, there's, there's no other way. There's no other way to live. I mean, I don't, because I've been in situations, you know, at family gatherings where in the past there was, there was one person that, that was, that was drinking because they had an alcohol problem and everybody else was sober and enjoying at the time. But that one person made, made the whole atmosphere different, you know, like it's, Sober, being sober around a, a drunk person is not fun. You know, it's not fun for it's either hor- person. It's it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I, there's yeah, there's a huge identity factor in with within addiction. I don't think gets talked about enough. And I'm, I'll I'll go on to share this too. When I was helping my brother one morning, I was really praying hard for him, and uh, this is before he he went into recovery. And the Lord gave me a vision, and I'm. If I was an artist, I was going to draw this out, but I shared it with him. I said, "I saw this picture of you, and in this picture of you, I saw you were you were hanging on with your right hand to alcohol, your addiction, and you you were just hanging on, hanging on, and what whatever whatever it was that you were grasping." slowly dwindling away and it and then and then your grasp would would regain itself every time that you went back to the bottle like you were just holding on holding on holding on and then you were losing grip losing grip losing grip and then a little bit more grip would be restored when you, when whenever you took another drink but your head was turned to where you were grasping up for and holding on for dear life like you were just holding on mm-hmm and when your head was turned to the to the direction of where where your hit, hand was holding on to i saw i saw the lord standing on on your left side with his hand out to you and i said just turn turn around just just turn your head and give him and give him your hand stop holding on to that man because mm-hmm. your your grip is is slowly drifting away and the enemy is just giving you a little bit at the time, little bit at the time to keep, just to keep you alive, keep you holding on. When all you got to do, man, is just turn and look the other way mm-hmm. and grab a hold of his hand and let him take you. And I said, it's, you know, if you're, when you pray about these things, it's not, don't, don't pray in a, in a way that you think that Lord, take this away from me. You you need to offer it up to him. It's not Lord, take this from me. It's Lord, here. Yeah. Here it is. Here, I let go. Here it I let is. go. Yeah. I surrender and I'm all in. Yeah. Blonde Bart throwing down the cloaks, striking down his identity that he had always known and going after Jesus. Um, you know, throwing down that cloak, he let go of everything. He was all in. Mm-hmm. You know, he was all in. And what we behold, we become. Yeah. Right. So if we're so focused on that bottle, um, we're never going to be able to fix our eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know? um, we're not going to. We, we will continuously go back to that idol um, of 
the feelings of booze and, and running from our issues, running from our problems, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and as we're on the topic of identity, um, as our, as our identity is wrapped up in, you know, that cloak, whatever that cloak of addiction may be, um, you know, we lose our self-esteem is low. Um, you know, we feel so terrible about ourselves. We feel like that blind beggar. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, you know, I've been kind of thinking like, as we've been talking right now, and, and we have a savior that understands rejection. He understands, um, torture. He understands torment. Um, you know, he understands, you know, as we've, we spoke in previous podcasts, uh, the, the spiritual warfare, mm -hmm. you know, and he came to overcome all of that. There's a hybrid meaning, which is a double meaning of, of, uh, Bartimaeus, which, you know, we'll say the first as we can relate to on the addiction side is son of the unclean. Okay. But then in that we have the father's perspective, which is son of he who is highly prized son of honor. And I think it's, it's just so important that name Bartimaeus is so important for us to understand in our new identity in Christ is that, that we are, sons of he who is highly prized, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and so I was thinking as we were talking, I want to jump into one scripture real quick. These are the words in Isaiah 61, but, but this is Jesus requoting what is prophetic about him. <laughs> awesome. Isaiah 61. Yes. The spirit. Well, I'm in Luke four right now and I'm going to go to 18, 19, and I just want to jump into where it talks about the son of man was rejected among his own people, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm like, where Jesus understood rejection, he understood where Bartimaeus is. So there comes the compassion of, you know, being able to teach the disciples and help them understand where he's coming from. And, and, and us always remembering where we come from and, him being able to relate to the, to the beggar that is, is crying out in desperation for him, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so in, in Luke four eighteen, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news, excuse me, good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind to set liberty, which liberty is freedom to those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the, to attend and sat down and his eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to, to say to them today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and all spoke well and marveled at gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, it's not, this is not this Joseph's son, so they started to look at him in the physical as opposed to the spiritual. Okay. And so we see the disciples here that is looking at Bartimaeus in the, the physical and Jesus is looking him out of his desperation in the spiritual. Okay. And he said to them, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb physicians heal yourself. What have you heard? And, and, and you did at Capernaum did here in your hometown as well. And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Hmm. <laughs> so his own hometown people looked at him in the physical as the son of 
son of Joseph, right, in the physical instead of the heavenly father and the Messiah, you mm-hmm. know? So they were viewing him. They were like, oh, my God. And they were almost there. Like, I hear, like, they were almost there because they were like, what great words these are, you know? And then and then you see, um, and then you see them say, well, wait a minute, this is, this is, Je- this is Jesus, son of Joseph. And so they, then their physical eyes blinded them and they rejected him. You know, even, even as we see with the disciples, they were, they starting to reject blind Bart and Jesus is like, bring him to me. Mm-hmm. Which there, there's another part of scripture that talks about, um, that Jesus didn't go to Nazareth because of their unbelief. Hmm. You know, I think there's the, the big message, the bigger message in that our, our unbelief and our denial of the power of, of prayer and the power of the Lord is, is one of the biggest things that, that stands in the way of um, us, us finding healing in, from, from our sin, from, from our addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, if, because if you don't believe, it, that's the that's the first requirement is uh is is belief because you know if you come into if you come into the lord and with a, a heart posture of you know i'm just gonna let let it fall on me you know like here i am i mean you're 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 putting sovereignty of yourself the 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 selfishness of man you know you're inserting that into you know your unbelief and uh you have to humble yourself and, and submit that, that his power is greater than ours. It's just like us talking about this right now. People that are listening to what we have to say, we're, we're, we're sharing our, our, our word, you know, the word of God and, um, and what messages in, involved in that. But I'm, I'm relying on the Holy Spirit to touch people's hearts and, and speak to their hearts, soften the peop- mm-hmm. people's hearts. I mean, I'm, um, I'm not somebody exciting to, to really listen to, but I can't, I can't put that, I can't put it on myself. It's not my words. These are, these are his words. And I, and I have to leave it up to him to, to move however he mm-hmm. sees fit and, and touch the hearts of people. Just like it says, it, Jesus didn't go to Nazareth because of the people's unbelief. Is that why people, and especially in the addiction community are struggling because, because of their unbelief, because, uh, you know, they're, they're not softening their hearts and, and coming mm-hmm. to the Lord in humility. It's just like I read in Jeremiah, you know, seek him with all, all your heart and he will find you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's for me, that's, man, that's so powerful. Like, it is. it's, it's just, it's not, you know, I'm just going to wait around and, and, and let, and let the Lord find me. No, it requires you. It requires yep. you to seek him, you know? Um, and I seek it, seek and you will find knocking the door will be open. Yeah. Yeah. And so we look at the prodigal son in that too. Um, yeah, I've always I've always felt like Jesus will meet us in our pursuit. And if we're not willing to take the first step, you know, we see Jesus as okay, in the story of the prodigal son, the the, the prodigal son as as the father saw him walking from a long distance, it says that he ran towards the son. He ran to the gate. And, and that's what Jesus does with us, man. When he sees us start taking a step, it's like, yeah. now, now's the time. Yeah. What's the time he's ready. Yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going to start planting seeds in his, in his, in his heart. I'm going to start planting seeds in his mind. 
I'm going to start working with him where he's at right now. You know, and it says that that uh, the father ran to the son at the gate, man. And I always think about that. I'm like, man, all we got to do is take the first step. That's all we got to do is step out and a little seed of faith, yeah. a little, a little seed of faith, man. And the father will, the father will meet us in that pursuit, man. Mm-hmm. So, and we see this in blonde Bart's story, you know, like he was relentless. He was desperate, you know, and he was going to take his enough. opportunity when, when he had the chance to, he wasn't going to oh, let man. his opportunity pass him by. Yes. Yes. The Lord says um, today is the day of salvation today, not tomorrow, today, this moment right now. So I'm, I'm going to step out in here and just say, Hey, you, you, anybody that's listening to this, this, whether they're struggling with addiction, they're struggling with pornography, they're struggling with, you know, areas of their life that they haven't handed over to the Lord, you know, stop, stop. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day the Lord wants to meet you. Yesterday is gone. You can't change what's already taken place. It's already gone. It's past. Stop dwelling on it. Don't live. Don't live in the past. Live in this moment right now. And that's what the word is telling us. Live in this moment. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day your your redemption for your redemption. Come come seek me and and you will find me. It's it's a promise. Repeat that back to the Lord. Hey Lord, you. I heard Matt and Joe talking about that if I seek you with all my heart. You will find me. <laughs> yes. Tell him, hey, be honest. And you don't have to come to, and I think we, I think Christians and, and our, uh, the, the general perspective of Christianity is that Christians have exalted themselves, people that have read the Bible and that understand it, that they have to be some type of, you know, um, they have to be delicate with their words or, um, you know, use some, I mean, no, it's it's just like you and I having this conversation right now. Be real about yourself. Be realistic about what you're up against, what your struggles are. Cry out to him. Like, hey, I'm 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 struggling right now. I I I need I need your your help. You know, I heard these guys talking on this podcast that if if I did this to you, you would find me. Challenge him. I mean, there's there's scripture in the Bible, I think it's in Malachi, it says, Try me, dare yeah, I dare you to try me. You know, when it's talking about um I had to, I had to go look it up, but it, the Lord's saying, if you follow, follow my instructions, trust in, in my promises to you. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to keep my covenant from Genesis to revelation. God always kept his covenant. Whatever he said he was going to do, he, he, he did. He did. Even while people were living in their sin, he still kept his promise. And, uh, yeah, it's, you, you have to submit to that. I mean, it's, Get on your knees, man. So go your way. Your faith has made you well. And then he followed him on the way. Mm-hmm. And we hear obedience in that, you know, and, and it's so important that we understand that the father will pursue us, but we've got to stay connected mm-hmm. and we've got to follow him. We've got to continue to pursue him on the way, you know, it's not a one and done. Uh, you know, I see a lot of people that they give, they give their heart to Christ and life starts hitting and they fall apart and they walk away from the faith. Mm-hmm. And, and we got to understand that life is going to hit, but he gives us strength in our weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore I will 
boast about my infirmities because the power of Christ rests in me. And so sometimes we, he gives us strength to endure the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he gives us strength to endure the hard stuff, you know, and, and it's through that that we grow deeper and deeper in relationship, deeper and deeper in our trust, deeper and deeper in our faith. And, um, you know, we got to stay submitted and committed uh, along the journey and even through the hard stuff. And he'll help us come out to the other side. Challenges and difficulty are, ju- are just a part of life. But you know, when you when you feel like you're up against a, a, a battle that, that you don't feel like you have the weapons to, to fight against, if you don't have difficulty, if you don't have things that are, that are hard to, to walk through, you, you can't define what's good. I, I put it in the context of this. If you ever, you know, you get sick, you feel bad for a couple of days. Man, you, you've taken what you've done and you've taken for granted all those days prior to that that you were feeling good. I mean, you, you don't know what good is until you've experienced some bad. You know, my definition of good is different from, from yours. Uh, it's different for all of us, but it's the difficulty that we walk out. It's the experiences and the character that is created in us that really make us who, who we are. And I don't ever take my difficulty for granted. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just I almost, strangely enough, embrace them. Like when I'm going through a, a challenging time in my life, when I'm going through a struggle, I, I need to seek out what the Lord is trying to show me in that, mm-hmm. you know. It's but, always an opportunity to grow. Yeah. There's always an opportunity to grow. And if, if it wasn't for our struggles, I mean, you know, I'm thankful for what I've been through. Yeah. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer of leukemia. I'm an overcomer of addiction. And, and I'm an overcomer of so much more in life, you know? I mean, and you go through all the rough times in addiction. I mean, the hospital visits from car wrecks, the, you know, being beat in the face. And I'm an overcomer for yeah. Christ, man. That's not who I am anymore. Yeah. You know, it's blonde Bartimaeus is like, I'm not living this way anymore, man. Mm-hmm. I'm an overcomer and I see the answer and I'm going after the answer, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, this, this story is so powerful. man. We can relate in so many different ways. That's right. You know? So many different ways. Well, Joe, we're going to wrap up, man. Um, I appreciate the, the time today, everybody listening. I appreciate you um, taking the time out to, and I want you to be encouraged by what we, what we're sharing with you. Uh, and that's why we do it. Um, this podcast is not supported by, you know, and we're not looking for a monetary gain or anything like that. We're, we, we just want to reach people and uh, share our experiences through, through addiction, through our hardship and tell you, you know, tools that we use and things that we've, um, we've experienced in our lives that will, help you walk it out, you know, shorten the, the learning curve, if you will, on not making the same mistakes that we've made, um, taking, taking our uh, examples of how we overcome it. You'll find your own little, little way of, of dealing with it. But yeah, we, we, we do this because we, we love the Lord and we, and we, we want to be obedient to his calling in our life. And uh, when, when he, you know, his last commandment to, to his disciples is go, go and preach, uh, to all the nations and, and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Bible didn't say go save people. It's yeah, this Lord's job. <laughs> Lord's going to save them. <clears throat> he said, go and make disciples. 
and making disciples is good leaders develop leaders, you know, mm-hmm. and um, your experiences of, of going through addiction and even some, some people may be listening and they may have someone they love that they're close to that's struggling with addiction that you don't know how to help them. We want to help you walk those things out too. We've been there. Um, and, and we'll talk about this on another, another podcast, but if, if you're a mother, a father, a brother, sister, friend of somebody who's struggling with addiction, the best advice I can give you is love them. They're, they're going to do things all the time that are going to frustrate you. And you're going to be sitting there like, why are they, why are they ruining their life like that? You're not going to be able to figure it out because if you haven't experienced what addiction is like and know that the, the physical dependency that it has on the body and the mental draw to, to this substance, you're not going to fully understand it. It's not for you to understand, but having experienced that and helping people, the best tool that I can encourage you with to, to use is love, love them, mm-hmm. love them. And it's going to be hard to love them. And that may, may mean some tough love. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tough love is, um, you know, establishing boundaries. Hey, I'm, I'm going to help you walk this out, but these are some of the things that I'm not going to do. Healthy boundaries are, are always a good tool to use. And as I'm talking through this, that may be what we end up talking about next is how, you know, what, what's our message to people who, um, who, who have people in their lives that they love that they, they want to help them get sober. And I think there's, there's a, a lot of content that we can share with that, but, um, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to share before we, we knock off here? You good? Get up. Get up and go after yeah. all you got. Yeah, all you got. Well, let's uh, let's close out in prayer. I'll start and then I'll I'll let you finish this up, man. All right, I'm gonna pray pray directly to those and, and speak over the scripture uh, that we've read. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you now, uh, thanking you for today, thanking you for uh, these people that are listening uh, for this conversation, for giving us the words to use to share share your gospel, share your 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 word. Um, and apply it and, and, and really illustrate that to, to people for a better understanding of the story of Bartimaeus and so many others in the Bible and the miracles that you perform, restoring sight, you know, healing the sick. You know, Lord, we, we just, we love you and we thank you. We ask for your Holy Spirit to just start to dwell and, and, and work within the hearts of people that are listening to, to this message, Lord. And Lord, I just, I just give you all the honor and glory for, um, for what we're sharing today. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, I just thank you, God. Lord, I thank you for each individual that's listening to this uh, this podcast, God. Uh, Lord, I believe in your supernatural healing, God. Amen. And Lord, I believe that the words that we speak on this thing, Lord, that, that, that they spread out, God, that, uh, that, that they, they, they pierce the hearts of the Spirit, God, that they pierce the hearts of your people. Yes, Lord. And Lord, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that as people are listening, they're understanding that they're throwing down the cloak and they're walking towards Jesus, Lord, as, as, we, as we do it daily, God. But Lord, we, and, and we're learning to follow you along the way, Jesus, Amen. Lord. And, and in our faith, in our faith each day is that deliverance, Lord. We choose to be delivered daily as we're submitted to you, God. And so, so Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven for each individual that, that is able to listen to this podcast, God. Lord, bless your people. Bless your people. Lord, free your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope it touched you in a special way. I encourage all of you who are listening to ask God to help you overcome the strongholds of your addiction, and I promise you he will answer. And for those of you who are in recovery, I hope that this gives you encouragement to continue to fight through the temptation of having any thought of going back to your previous life. It does get better in the days ahead. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel so you get notified when we post new content. And if you feel so inclined, leave us some feedback. I'm always interested to know how we are helping and understand how we can make this a better experience. Thank you, and God bless you. Never gave up on me. You were my testimony. Oh.